Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian. Hello, Deacon Jeff. How are you, Tom? Fantastic. Hey, How we have you? to we have to tell people that we um, this show will air right after yes. we 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 both saw the total eclipse of the sun. We did that of was, 2017. It was spectacular. So if you're listening to this show like in 2029, <laughs> you're like going, "Why are they talking about 2017?" It was a big day. It was kind of it was once in a lifetime experience. It really was. It was really it was really neat uh, experience. There are no words that can describe it. No. Well, you could talk about it, but. The only but, thing I can say, well, I can say a lot, but one of the things I would say is it was one of the greatest things I think I've ever seen in my life. It was certainly so memorable that it's always going to be there. It really will. You know, and it, it helps you see um, the awesome power of God Amen. in nature. Amen. Don't you think? I mean, yeah. you look at that and you go like, man, how does he pull that oh, kind of stuff that's off? That's what came out of my mouth. As soon as and when it began to happen, I looked at my wife and said, man, God is so cool. Yeah, because that was inc- cool. It's incredible. That was cool. It was. I mean, totally. we've all we've all seen beautiful sunsets. We've all seen, uh, you know, snow capped mountains right. and all that's that stuff. Right. And we go, that's beautiful. But this was like, oh. you just had to stop it. Like everything just sort of shut down. Yeah. And there was like two and a half minutes of just right. Whatever. I, so I used it as a time for prayer, Amen. unity for the country. That's right. Because uh, it cut a wide swath. And the next one is in 2024. Yeah, but that's like... Less than seven years. Yeah, but that's not like the whole country, though, right? Uh, it's it's cutting a... It's a pile. It's going right well, across the country again. Okay, who cares? Because, you know, that's a long time just from now. Just remember this and go. I just want to live for today, for this Amen. moment. Here we go. Carpe diem. Yes. Uh, and speaking of carpe diem, today we're going to talk about... Is that dead fish or sees the day? Uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Dead carp. Yep. Uh, we are uh, we are going to talk about something that's important because we're at a time right now where a lot of folks are are packing their kids' lunches, getting school, getting started. School's back. School's, school's back in session. Mm-hmm. Way too early, in my opinion. I, I'm a I'm a big believer in after Labor Day, but you know that that ship has sailed. I'm with you. <laughs> that is gone. Uh, so it's, you know, beginning of August, we start packing people off, and you know, and right now things are. People are starting to get settled into routines and, you know, all the different events around school and all the different stuff going on. And it does. It's an important thing, I think, to sort of like, well, what am I supposed to be getting out of this? Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about Catholic education, but I want to talk about the perspective of how we can find God in school. In other words, why is Catholic education important? Great topic. Because a lot of people don't think of I mean, it. A lot of people are like, well, I want my kid to get a great advancement and be accepted to a really good college and to be better prepared for college. And those are important those things. Those are great things. There's nothing wrong with nope. thinking that. Mm-mm. But a lot of times people think like, well, you know, I'm a good Catholic, but I, I can go to this Baptist academy because it's really well known as a prep school. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you send your kids off there and the kids come back and say, I don't want to go to confession anymore. You know, right. And it's not because they're anti-Catholic necessarily, but there's just... There are things missing, right? Right, and so why why is a Catholic education important, mm-hmm. uh, or at least having Catholicism in your educational experience? So, if like you're homeschooling, there's a lot of folks out there that homeschool. We homeschool. I homeschool. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and uh, the reality is, we it, it, is, it is built on a Catholic model. Uh, and there are really, really many good things about Catholic education. I mean, if, you, if I were to ask you what was really good about Catholic education, I mean, right off the bat, you'd probably, uh, you'd probably spout off things like, well, just the whole idea of catechesis, of teaching. Learning your faith. Right. Knowing what your faith teaches. and Sacraments. And, right. So doing all this stuff in a sacramental experience, right? Certainly that kind of stuff. But then also the concept of the Catholic culture, right? A Catholic school is going to teach you not only what the faith believes, not only give you the benefit of having you know, masses and adoration and confession and things going on during the school to help your kids grow up with the grace of the sacraments coming to them. Right. But also there's going to be this third thing of this Catholic culture, mm-hmm. right? Just being, because it's your Catholic identity. It's who we are. We're, we eat fish on Fridays. Why? Right. You know, we, we, we live that. Uh, in some places we still play bingo. Some places you can't play bingo anymore. <laughs> but, you know, you start, to, you start to see this Catholic culture. But more important than that, it's like the, the importance of family, uh, seeing the, uh, you know priests and deacons, I'm assigned to a uh, to a high school as a campus minister, mm-hmm. and I walk the halls. Yeah, and I hear hey deacon, you know, and it's I hear kids from whatever, That's and I'm cool. getting to know the kids. It's just really exciting. But there's like a Catholic presence there in the school, and we have some beautiful um, Dominican sisters of Saint Cecilia. They're in Nashville, Tennessee. They're teaching at the at the school that I'm at, and it's it's just really neat. So there's the, in the, the concept of vocation. Uh, is 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 there at these schools, and so these are important parts. And of course, I think probably the most important part that everybody would say would be, a, 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 you know, in terms of a Catholic school, why it's important mm-hmm. is this concept of the presentation of the gospel. Amen. Right. I, mean, I think you know, having a kid at the end of the day know that he's loved by God, and there's a place reserved, set up, all appointed for him in heaven. Mm-hmm. Right, and that God is calling him to be in heaven with him for all eternity. You know, that's that that gospel message, that uh, charisma, that uh, you are loved and you can be saved, mm-hmm. even if you're a sinner. That's important, it is. and probably the most important thing that we do in our in our schools. Right, and you can certainly get that message in other kind in other kinds of schools, especially the parochial schools that might be maybe non-Catholic or or whatever. But I think a Catholic education is important, and this is where it's kind of cool. We, if we look at the word Catholic, mm-hmm. it comes to us from the Greek, katholikos. Um, and, uh, you know, I like a Greek salad, and I like an occasional Greek word. Katholikos is one of those cool words. And, uh, we, you know, if I were to ask you, like, what is Catholic, what is katholikos, what does Catholic mean? Universal. Everyone knows that. We all know that word. It's universal. And instantly you have this image that, like, the Catholic Church is everywhere. Right. Which it is. It is. But what I love is the fact that the, the literal translation of Catholicos and where it comes from, its derivation, means on the whole. Okay. W-H-O-L-E. I mean, it's important that we understand that, which, which has a different connotation than just everywhere, mm-hmm. right? On the whole means completely, mm-hmm. fully, right? And, and it's the, all the depth and the breadth. And so it's like not only everywhere, but it's, but it's every time mm-hmm. right so every time every place for every person right it's not exclusionary it's inclusive mm-hmm. and so the message itself is inclusive and so catholic education is unique in that um a lot of people don't realize there are parts of an educational process that i don't know that that people think like well okay it's good to teach the faith 
right? So over here we got our, our theology teachers, mm-hmm. and they're going to teach the uh, the dates and the, the doctrines and the dogmas and the you know when was the edict of Milan? You know, it's like the edict of Milan. Oh, when when was that? You know, and it's like and we and 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 uh, all those different things and name the twelve fruits of the Holy Spirit. You know, right. I've met some fruits before. Uh, you know, some crazy people, but uh, uh, man, were they filled with the Spirit? I don't know. Uh, you know, it's like and so, so all these different things are important to to understand, right? And people think that's what it is. When you go to a Catholic school, you're going to learn those things, and you do learn those things, right? But it's interesting how it's not just in the context of I don't know knowing your faith mm-hmm. that's important that we understand what happens at a Catholic school and why Catholic schools are so important. So keeping that concept of the schools being, you know, or the, the word Catholic meaning on the whole mm-hmm. or fully and completely. So that should tell you that all aspects of your education should point to, to your, your faith. faith. Right. And, and we're quick to dismiss and say, well, we got the theology teachers. They're handling the faith part. I'm over here. I'm in the drama department. We have a good drama department. Right. We have a great chorus. We have a wonderful set of art teachers. Yeah, so we're separating it from the theology department. That's right. So you know, the answer in, in, to that is no. Yeah, the, the short answer is no, uh, and we'll talk more about that in the second half of the show. But but this concept of of doing that separation is something we're all used to doing. How many times have you uh, thought, well, like in my faith life, um, I, I do that on Sundays. Sunday, right. I, you know. Uh, I, I, I go to church. I give Sunday to God, which is good. We're called to. We're supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. Keep holy the Sabbath day, right? We, we do that. Uh, and so w- we do that on Sundays, but, but does that mean that we don't need to be holy other days of the week, right? And, and that we're to take that holiness that we acquire through the sacraments, you know, especially in Eucharist, but, but confession certainly. And when we go to Mass, we're supposed to take that. Why do we separate and say, well, this is my Sunday experience? Right. You know, I, I growing up, I might have had a problem with separating, making sure I was, you know, I went to confession on Saturday so that, you know, I could go to Mass on Sunday. Right. But then, you know, all bets were off on Monday. Yeah, the rest of the week is yours. Yeah, I, I was, a, yeah, I had a difficult understanding of, of my faith in that, in that regard. And I think a lot of people can compartmentalize. Right. Right, because don't you, do you separate your life? I mean, in... I mean, you find it like I think at times everybody your work does from your leisure. Oh no, I don't. I don't now. But I mean, at, at times I think everybody does battles that to some degree, right? Uh, but but no, I think that that's the key is to incorporate that into your life. And see, I think a lot, your faith. I, I agree because your faith should dictate your attitudes, your morals, your principles, uh, your very actions. Right. I mean, your faith should dictate that. That's right. Not be an afterthought like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that, which we do. But, oh, but, yeah. when, you, but when you separate, it's so much easier because I, th- I think there's this, uh, I think there's this need for a lot of people to put things in boxes. Oh, yeah. They put God in a box. They put their church in a box. Uh, they think, I think that's human nature. It is. Yeah. So we're trying to tell people to bust out of human nature. Yeah, I mean, overcome that. Overcome that. Right. Uh, that a that, tendency. Yeah. Because we do have that. I think ever since the Garden of Eden. Yeah, there's that. If I eat that apple... Yeah, it's just one bite. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be able to, you know, and I'll suddenly I'll know I'll all be that. Like God, yeah, mm. yeah, didn't work out so well it for Adam didn't. and Eve. No, it's kinda, and for us, kind of slipped a little bit even further since then. Although, you know, we, 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 uh, Felix culpa in Latin, happy fault. The right. fact that they fell means that we got to know so great a Savior. That's exactly right. right? That, that now it's like in our sinfulness we have a Savior. Amen. And that's kind of nice to have it a Savior. Is nice, but. 
let's avoid the boxes. Let's avoid uh, putting things in categories. And so in Catholic edu- education, like if your kids are in a Catholic school or if they're in a, uh, an environment that's teaching, um, like some faith aspect, right, is, are they only getting it from this little corner Right. Of that experience, like that—that's truly cafeteria Catholicism, right? That's your your cafeteria school, that's true, right? You're just getting this this little piece, and you're not getting the whole shebang, right? So you want to get all the bang for your buck. So if your kids are in Catholic school, you need to make sure those teachers are on board with what we're getting ready to talk about when we come back. Perfect. Yeah. So we're going to end here. Uh, take a little break before we do that. I want to remind folks at home we got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. The. Also, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email. I've been getting some great emails. We're going to read them on the air and talk about them. But send it to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. With that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history. St. Peter Julian Amard was born in a small town in France in 1811, and from his childhood days he felt a calling to serve God as a priest in the Catholic Church. But St. Amard's road to the priesthood was not to be an easy one. Anti-clericalism was rampant in French society in the early 1800s, and on top of that, the Amard family was poor. His father, reluctant to give his blessing to his only son's desired vocation, finally allowed him to enter the seminary to study for the priesthood. Unfortunately, St. Amar had to leave the seminary due to serious health issues, but he never gave up on God's call. He finally finished seminary after overcoming many obstacles and was ordained a priest in 1834. St. Amar, despite his ill health, was a surprisingly energetic and enthusiastic priest. He had a strong devotion to Mary, the Mother of God, and enjoyed traveling throughout France to various Marian shrines. He joined the Marist Fathers in 1839 and started immediately preaching, writing, offering spiritual direction, educating, and organizing. He eventually became provincial of his Marist order. St. Amard never waned in his love of Mary and in his belief in Christ's real presence in the Most Blessed Sacrament, which was encountering a resurgence of devotion in France at the time. He took this opportunity to found a new order, the Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament, still active today. This order was known for its devotion to Eucharistic adoration and for preaching about the gift of Jesus' presence among us in the Eucharist. The Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament encountered many difficulties along the way. The fathers and the brothers of the order took a vow of poverty, chastity, and obedience to the bishop, and times were tough. Nevertheless, their persistent faith in Christ protected them and provided all that they needed to survive and to do their work. St. Amard and his order were very effective in fostering love and reverence for the Blessed Sacrament. They prepared young adults for First Holy Communion, preached at Eucharistic devotional liturgies, and were very effective in reaching out to fallen away Christians and bringing them back to the church. St. Amard went on to found a second order, an order of women religious called the Servants of the Blessed Sacrament. While this order performs numerous acts of charity and outreach, the Sister Servants of the Blessed Sacrament find their devotion centered on adoring Christ in the Eucharist. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. 
Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting here with Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. Present. We are chillaxing in the luxurious corner booth. And we are chillaxing. We're talking about Catholic education. Amen. Uh, and this concept of finding God in school. And I, I think, you know, if, if you went to a Catholic school mm-hmm. and on the brochure it says, um, yeah, we don't really so much do the finding God in school part. I, I think I wouldn't go to that school. Right. So I think it's a no-brainer. That's that, kind of a bad sign. Yeah, but <laughs> I think it's a no-brainer that every Catholic school especially, but sp- specifically parochial schools as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we should try to find God in school. But even within those schools... And this is an interesting thing. You you should talk to some of the teachers because there'll be like parent teacher nights. You know, opportunities for you to go to meet the teachers and uh, to see how your kids doing and all that kind of stuff. And uh, ask them like special specifically go up to some of the other teachers that are teaching disciplines that are not specifically theologically based. So you know, math or English or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, go and see like well, ask them what they how they. Uh, teach theology in their class or how they teach about God in their class. And you, you might see a stare or two like, okay, uh, you need to go down to the counselor's office because I'm not really sure know what to do. I don't know how to answer that question. And I think a lot, because we compartmentalize, right? We do. Well, that's not my department. That's over there. Right. Um, in fact, you might even find some non-Catholic teachers in your Catholic school, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, everyone is there uh, teaching the faith, mm-hmm. teaching the Catholic faith, should be there. every child right should be there well it's the it's I, it to me it's a given yeah and and so you know if that's not happening at your school maybe uh some gentle nudges or reminders to the leadership there to see that show the importance but let me explain what i mean because i want to look i want to go through a bunch of the disciplines the common disciplines you're going to see in education go man so we got uh we got math we got english foreign language science social studies fine arts performing arts health and pe that's probably your favorite Actually, got, actually, lunch. People you have anything for lunch in there? <laughs> people, people doing good. That is un, under the sort of staff administration <laughs> maintenance. But also there's like library, the theology, of course, right. uh, computer, yearbook, newspaper, all these different departments and groups and things that they've got their thing to do. Yeah. Right? And everyone looks like, well, my thing is the math thing. Mm-hmm. But what people think I need, uh, need to understand, so if you are a teacher and you're teaching math, mm-hmm. you, you're actually teaching about God. And you should be teaching about God. And, and a child should be able to find God in your math class or your science class or your foreign language class, right, mm-hmm. or your social studies class. And it's important to understand it from that perspective. And if you're a student, you should be expecting that you're going to be hearing about God in every class that you're in. Yeah. Because you don't often. Mm-mm. Right? A lot of those classes, I, it's like a missing equation thing right. here. Right. Right? And you'd think like, well... I didn't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. But I think it makes the Catholic education so much more powerful when we realize that it is complete and whole, you know, on the whole. It is universal in time and space and, and truth. Uh, and it's important for people, to, all the teachers, to recognize that, that aspect. And if you're a parent, by golly, if you're paying for this education, you need to be getting this, mm-hmm. right? Because I think it's important to the students. I think it develops a, a, a more holistic child um, more realistic and more rational and more faith-filled and more potential for success in a child that has an understanding, a healthy understanding of God in the world right? and how God can be uh, discerned in so many different ways. Right. So math. Um, Tom, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb here, but what is one plus one? I know you're a football player. Do you 
<laughs> I have to tap my toe a couple of times. <laughs> two. You it's know it's two, two right? right? So one plus one is two, and, and the, the reality is one plus one will always be two. True. And you're, 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 you're teaching that truth, right? And I know that was utterly simplistic, but the reality is you start to reel it's about – Well, it is. <laughs> but you reel about, realize about rational order, about right. things that, are, that, are, that you can discern and things that you can, um, uh, you can figure out you right. know, based on mathematics. Right. It's, you know, and yeah, of course, the Pythagorean theorem and all these things that people come up with and how many numbers of pi can you go down uh, to or whatever to show how smart you are. All of these things point to truth. Right. Right. And so if you're teaching math in a class, you're teaching a child about rational order and design. You're teaching about facts and mm-hmm. figures and how things fit together in the world. And it's not all random and chaotic. Mm-mm. Right and 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 all of that stuff is really a gift to us from God. And if you're teaching one plus one is two, you're teaching truth. That's right. And so if uh, who is the author of all truth? God. God is. Right. So you're teaching God when you're teaching math. You're teaching God. Um, it doesn't mean you have to read from Scripture in your math class, but what it does mean is that you have to understand where does truth come from. Right. Right. What does one plus one equals two lead us to? Right. It leads us to a rational understanding of God. That's right. Which is kind of cool. Um, English. Mm-hmm. English is neat. Um, English, English, right off the bat, teaches us about like, the beauty and the power of words. Mm-hmm. Right? Through prose and, and poetry, mm-hmm. uh, communicating through story. I mean, this is powerful. It is. Right? And so this command of language, and you think about this for a second. If you're teaching English, you're teaching kids that the, the, the proper way in which to uh, construct sentences, but then also the basics of understanding how you can discern beauty and gift and emotions and feelings through words mm-hmm. and putting words together is essentially a way to communicate with God. Mm-hmm. Right? How did God, one of the ways God, one of the principal ways in which he communicated with us in is the Bible. That's right. The Word of God. And go. so the more we understand about words and power and everything from um, symbolism to allegory to fact to truth to history to wisdom to prophecy and stories, parables, you, 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 those are all things that when you understand English, mm-hmm. when you have that power in your, in your, in your uh, holster there that you can use, you now suddenly can even more better, more better. Did I say that about English? You did say that. You can more better understand God. That's awesome. Yeah, I could probably get in trouble for that from my like English that. teacher. You need to leave that in the more show. More better. Uh, it's not getting cut out. Trust me, it's in there. <laughs> uh, so now, foreign language. You know, you start thinking like, how is speaking Spanish going to help me understand more about God? The reality is, right. when we speak a foreign language, when we learn another language, we're learning essentially another culture. That's right. Right. We're we're learning. That there are other people in the world, that there are different world perspectives. We're learning the sort of universality of existence. We're not all alone on this little perfect word thing, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're everywhere, and right. we're all different people. And to be able to communicate with those other people, right? Think about the Tower of Babel and how right. we were all dispersed and how the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost, and now we're all united in the language That's of right. God. That's and right. how beautiful that is. And so we realize that in foreign language, you're teaching about God and how God utilizes language and culture to bring us together. That's right. To show us our strength and our diversity in one way, but really to show us we're all the same in, in so many other ways. And such a powerful thing. Now, a lot of people think that uh, Catholics hate science. They're anti-science. <laughs> Right, and they forget things like the Big Bang Theory was actually proposed by a Catholic priest. Actually, actually, the furthest from the truth. It is, and and you no know, pun intended. No, it's it's true, but but the reality is, 
um, science is actually the pursuit of truth. It's the pursuit right. of uh, our existence, the meaning of our existence. You know, we use these uh, these uh, microscopes to get to these the God particle, the smallest possible particle we can find because we're looking for truth and right. the beginnings of everything. And we look to the telescope to see, um, you know, the farthest thing away that we can find, and see the, the the depth and the breadth of the universe and beyond, et cetera, et cetera. Well, this is all searching for meaning and truth. Mm-hmm. And what is that means we're searching for God. That's right. So science should not lead us away from God. What happens is a problem is when science becomes a God. Right. Right? When you, dis, when you take religion and say it's some kind of voodoo and some kind of something like that, and, and it's, not, you know, it's not scientific. Science, faith and reason, fides et ratio, that, that's a they great document from uh, Pope St. John Paul II to help us understand the, the, the connection between faith right. and reason. Social studies is another really important one. Um, we're born and into and live in community. Like mm-hmm. we need to study history. We need to study each other and know each other and live in that community. And that community is going to help us to get to heaven. That's right. So when we study our history, but we also study community and our, our other cultures, etc., along with the foreign languages, we're really learning about God and where God places in this world. So we are teaching about God there. Fine arts and performing arts. You can find God through beauty, through harmony, through laughter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that Of Mice and Men stage play or uh, that beautiful song that they sing, what, you know, in, in the chorus, uh, just beautiful pictures and art mm-hmm. that people do. You can find God through beauty. That's right. Right? To search beauty is to search for God. Health and PE, God gave us bodies, right? He wants us to keep them healthy, but also push them to the limits. Overcome. The, you did that in football, right? Oh, yeah. Overcome obstacles constantly, mm-hmm. and yet also learn the, the, the beauty and the gift of, of teamwork right. and how that leads to victory. This is, this is beautiful things. And you're, so you're learning about God and how he wants us to live, learning about our bodies as well as our souls mm-hmm. uh, together. And all the other stuff, the staff, the, the, the computer yearbook, newspaper library, the staff, and every corporate body has to have maintenance, has to have a process, and that's even the Vatican. You right. know, they've got organizations. There's a guy that unplugged the toilets there in the Vatican, right? <laughs> Everywhere. And this is necessary. So every function in a school should be derived or directed to God. Amen. Every aspect, not just a theology department. Because our, our, our theology, our, our Catholic schools should not be just dates and doctrines and dogmas. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we have to teach primarily a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if there's only one thing they learn, right. they don't learn the dates and the doctrines and the dogmas. Uh, it's important they know that stuff, but they, just know, they didn't know Jesus first and foremost. That's exactly right. Right? And everybody's teaching Jesus. That's right. Everybody in that school, from math to English, foreign language, all the way to theology. Mm-hmm. So if your school ain't doing that, put a little pressure on them. There you go. You know, I'm not telling you to withhold those checks, but I'm telling you, they need to hear from you. Come on, parents. Kids, you can do it too. Push them. So it's beautiful. Catholic education, finding God in school, truly we should find him there. Amen. So we should ask the Blessed Mother to send her mantle of protection around us, around our schools, all our kids, parents, teachers, everybody. Ready? Yes, sir. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee.
Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.